Howdy, y'all. I'm Leslie. I'm Laurie. Welcome to Sumo Kaboom! Kaboom! (laughs) Where we talk about all things sumo. Yeah, and this week we are continuing with our conversation with Bruce Henderson of Tachi Eye Blog. There's more coming about Kimorite and uh, people known for certain moves. Lots to come. But first, some news. One of the former wrestlers, he is now retired. He's 29 years old. I think he wrestled as Koto Kotama? Koto Kotama? Anyway, he he's retired. He ran for a city council election. So, nice. you know, I like to know what wrestlers are doing in their post-sumo lives. And some of them are going into politics. So congratulations. He won his first election at the Matsumoto City Council election. I love it. Held on April 23rd. I so love it. Maybe a a big-time politician of the future from the sumo world. Also, speaking of former wrestlers who has a new job, you know what's so crazy is that when you don't see a wrestler for a while, you forget who they are Mm -hmm. in some ways, and you're like, is that Yutakayama? He opened his gym in Akihabara, and it's called the OYG Gym. It's OYG, like all capitals, like it must be. Mean Stand something? for something? Oh, you gangster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you gym people. But it's this private gym, and he's going to incorporate sumo basics. Plus, you know, he was really fascinated with, well, not his injuries, but the rehabilitation <laughs> injuries, like rehabilitation that yeah. he learned from his injuries in yeah. sumo. So he's planning to incorporate some of that knowledge also to the general public and helping people be able to you know, work better with their bodies, be it injured or different ages and all that kind of stuff. So I would think this would be this would be his way of going about it. Just keep showing up and just work through it. <laughs> just do Tape your brand your injuries. Of workout. Yeah. Just keep going. <laughs> That's right. Also, some sad news. Sumo recruits are dwindling to like the lowest they've like ever been. So this year, they think they had like 47 in total, which is the lowest number since 1973. And Daisha was quoted this week as saying, you know, possibly there is this is a result of coronavirus and, you know, all the outreach they do throughout the year with all these jungyos, jungyos, all these tours, all these things they do to reach the public. They took two years, you know, away from doing that. And he, you know, and other people speculate that maybe the cause of why there's so few recruits that on top of falling birth rates, there's just not as many kids coming up. And if they are coming up into the sport, oftentimes they kind of get pulled into other sports like baseball or other sports that maybe aren't quite as brutal on the body. Well, so, and have more of a uniform. It, well, yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, anyway, people are worried that, that you know, the future of sumo is kind of on the line. So we're hoping that mm. somewhere we can find some inspiration with some of these young recruits and some of these oyakatas who maybe can appeal, you know, with sumo's charm and the the history and everything that's wrapped up in it, maybe it can appeal to a new generation through a new era of Oyakatas. Fantastic. Maybe Hakaho will change it all. I'm sure he will. Yeah. And that is pretty much all I've got other than the tour happened. We saw Ted and Afuji and he's been interviewing and saying he's doing the best that he can with his recovery, which is kind of his, I think, his guarded way of saying, I'm getting better, but like, don't expect me to be in perfect fighting shape when I show up. So... 
We'll see. Mm-hmm. But all is nice, well, and nice everyone's humility. doing their joint Keikos. So we're getting ready for the next boss show, which will be here around the corner. I have some news. What is it? You know how on Facebook it gives you suggestions? Yeah. People you may know. Yeah. Guess who showed up on my Facebook? People you may know. Chio Shoma. No way. The Chio Shoma. No way. Yes. Yes. And I did not befriend him. Um, oh, I did that to somebody recently, too, that was like a pro sumo wrestler. Ricardo Sagano is my friend on Facebook, and I'm very proud to say that. <laughs> very oh. proud that he accepted my friendship on Facebook. That's amazing. <laughs> and because of that connection, now it's like I'm seeing other guys, and it thrills me to no oh end. Oh, my gosh. To I've got to get in that my personal Facebook, Facebook page. <laughs> Well, we talked a lot about Chiyoshoma last week with the Hanka, so maybe he might not be your friend, but we'll see. Well, then that's something. Let's hope you get a response. I think if you don't, if he says no, then you just don't hear anything. Well, I didn't actually like request to be his friend yet because I thought, you know, I haven't spoken so positively of him. <laughs> maybe I won't reach out. Like It just felt like I was two-faced somehow. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll just wait for the next wrestler that shows up. <laughs> well, I would still push requests. If a, if a son of Yama showed up, I would be like, absolutely. absolutely. Can I be your friend? 100%. I know. Well, we just may have to start with Chiyoshoma and work our way up. We're going Spider out from there. Let Chiyoshoma be like the hub of the wheel. He might be Actually, our Ricardo in. is my my. Well, he's allowed wheel. to because he's. See, I don't know if they can have Facebook accounts because it's it is social media. But when you're retired, you can. So that's why yeah. Ricardo Sagano is your friend, right? Exactly. But it's his Mongolian name, and it's very old photos. So you can tell like it's something that he started and then hasn't touched for a long time. Well, maybe that's because he's not allowed to. Exactly. So I'm like, I think that is really his account. Well, one day like, when they cool. come back online, yes. you'll be the first one he accepts. <laughs> You and Chiyoshoma, BFS forever. Mm -hmm. Be like, dude, I know all about your brand of sumo. You want to come two-stepping? Let's go. That's right. And speaking of, actually, one more thing. This weekend is the Rollertown Sumo Tournament. I will be there. I will be interviewing people. Gagamaru will be there. There's going to be an incredible tournament. So many things going on. Taiko drumming, you know, an awesome tournament. You can tune in and watch live streams. So make sure you follow the Dallas Sumo Club because all the information that you could possibly need is on their website. But you can watch this tournament from all over the world. And I think Corey and Dallas Sumo Club are doing an amazing job setting up this tournament to really be spectacular, especially for our live stream. So make sure you tune in. You can see all of our hottest up-and-coming amateur wrestlers in the sumo circuit here in the southeast and who knows or in the south who knows where everybody else is going to come in from as well so it should be pretty exciting so make sure and tune into that all right shall we jump into bruce let's do let's flee to safety shall we let's flee to of of the yorikiri right which you're more than almost anything most of the time and we'll, we'll talk about why that might not be the case anymore yori kiri i refer to that as the ubiquitous battle hug right yeah. it's yeah. two giant men with their arms around each other each trying to out muscle the other one right it right. doesn't require two hands on the belt it usually requires at least one hand on the belt but one hand on the body 
is is the minimum of what it takes to get a yori kiri going okay oh one so, hand on the body mm -hmm. so yori is pushing your opponent back okay and kiri is moving your opponent out while having a grip on their mawashi or their body so yori kiri is pushing your opponent back while having a grip on either their body or their mawashi that's that's how yori kiri works okay battle hug is much easier to remember right so i yes it does require that both rikshi be more or less facing each other right okay. although if you watch too much sumo you will see things where they're not quite facing each other they're called yori kiri again yep. i'm saying they're just like i don't care get out of here it's yori kiri yeah 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 um, no sometimes i'm like wait that was the koto shogiku belly belly bump and that was a yori kiri I yeah well that's actually called gibberi yori and it's not an actual kimarate either right oh. so yet yet more evidence that there aren't enough and so the okay. belly bump is not an actual kimarate it's usually listed as a yori kiri because they're chest to chest, they're um, body to body. One's moving forward and the other one's moving backwards. Okay. Right. But uh, yeah, Kota Shogiku and everyone else who's used Gaburi Yori is it. It's great to see. But let's um, some things about Yori Kiri that that folks may or may not know is that wrestlers have a distinct preference on left hand inside or right hand inside, and right. many of them are so. Um, are so into that, that if they are forced to go the opposite way, they won't fight effectively. And what's fascinating is that if you watch them hug their wives or each other, it's the same hand inside. You're kidding. Mm -mm. <laughs> That's why I call it a battle hug. They're giving them a hug and then muscling them out. Um, and in order to win by Yori Kiri, you don't have to have both hands inside or either hand inside. Plenty of people win Yori Kiri by having both hands outside. Right, right, right. So some Japanese words that are completely useless, except in the context of sumo. Yeah. If you hear someone talk about hidariyatsu, that's uh, left-handed inside. Yeah. Or, or migiyatsu, that's right-hand inside. Yes. Right, so hidari left, migi right. Migi right, right. Yep. 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 And yatsu being chest to chest or, you know, pushing somebody back. Right? Okay. So if you listen to crotchety old sumo fans like myself talk, you'll hear them <laughs> go on about how pusher thruster is taking over sumo, yeah. Oshi Zumo, right? And so fewer and fewer people in the top division are actually fighting by battle hugging. They're more or less shoving each other about or hitting each other, which, you know what, if you're going to fight, you might as well go for all <laughs> forms of fighting. But if, if you want to take a look at how things have changed, if we look at the last tournament, um, the two most prevalent Kamarate in the top division were either Yorikiri, which is, as we just discussed, two guys battle hugging each other, mm -hmm. or Oshidashi, which is somebody shoving the other guy out of the ring or pushing them out. So you have 158 matches in the top division that were won by Yorikiri and 154 that were won by Oshidashi. They're almost equal. Wow. Hmm. If we go back to 1995, which is sort of late, um, you know, Akibono sort of American ascendant, it was 144 were won by Yori Kiri and only 58 were won by Oshidashi. So the ratio has changed dramatically and the amount of variation in winning moves has gone down where everyone's either Yori Kiri or Ori Oshidashi for the most part now. And so it, it, it's really kind of fascinating to me that Oshi has, Oshizumo or Pusher Thruster Sumo has been so ascendant. And if you think about the people who have, who have been doing well, who are in top ranks or have been contending for the cup, more and more of them fight with, with very much 
throttle wide open pushing thrusting technique. You know, that includes people like Abi, Daisho, Akakesho. Yeah. All these guys are pusher thruster techniques. And that's why um, Waka Takakagi and Wakamoto Haru are kind of interesting because if you look at their Kamarate, they favor Yorikiri, right? They will fight chest to chest most of the time. So um, there, now I've rambled on for a considerable period of time. But <laughs> well, my, my question to you is, why do you think that change has happened? Is it training techniques or uh, is it, does one leave wrestlers healthier than the other or why, why do you think? So I, I think one of the reasons why Oshizumo has, has gained a lot of, ex, uh, a lot of adoption is that it is to some extent easier to start with, but harder to finish with. Okay, the the Yatsuzumo is tougher to get right at first, but if you master it, will take you further. Whereas Oshizumo, if you, it's easier to get started with it and get good enough that you can start winning matches at lower ranks with it. But it is much much more difficult to actually capitalize on it and get it get you above say Jurio with it. If you look at um, how many people don't necessarily make it up to the paid ranks versus those that do. And with the bulk of people now being largely Oshizumo practitioners, it's, it's, it's a tough race, right? And you've got people like Abi who are really very good at it, although their sumo is, is kind of narrow. I mean, if you're good at it and if you've got a technique that works, you can obliterate people with it, much as Abi does, or Takakesha before he got injured, fat, and messed up. You know, you... Once he, he used to use what I called wave action supari, which is a, a rhythmic pulsing set of, of thrusting attacks. Back when he used to do that, once he turned that on, you were you just got to choose on which volley you were going to go out or go down. <laughs> that was all you get to choose at that point. Once the wave action and the wave action is like just the speed of it or is it the angle of it? Like so the, the wave action is that it arrived in bunches. Yeah, Ooh. he he has a rhythm, Ooh. and if Ooh. you can break the rhythm, then you have a chance. Right, but it's very. And it's hard also to break a nod. It's also a nod to some anime, which you know, Star Blazers with the the wave action gun, and all the ah. rest. Of so possibly, you know, far too back in ancient history for some to appreciate. But yes, <laughs> so our it, Star Blazer. Oh, let's see. So somebody knows. <laughs> Right. So, yeah, oh, yes. it was an odd to the primary weapon um, on the ship for this. That summer. was a classic. It was a classic anime. Oh, it was like a big, huge, like pirate ship with a big, huge blaster on the back. Going through space is fabulous. So, yeah, if you if you spend too much time reading Tachiya, you'll see that I routinely sprinkle in a number of Japanese cultural references into my sumo commentary for the two people who actually <laughs> get it. Right. <laughs> but the two people who get it, they they love they it. Love it's it. like, oh my god! Yeah, of course. <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about Oshi Sumo. Does it matter if you are uh, like Oshi? By the way, what does Oshi mean? Uh, <clears throat> so Oshi means pushing. Pushing. Okay. Right. So does it matter where you push? Chest, no. neck. Oh, I, I thought you. I thought you meant like doors and. Doors, sisters, friends. Well, that is, you, so you see some of the Oshi Sumo guys, Zumo guys practice, mm -hmm. right? They get these giant truck tires and they push the damn things around. Yes, right. And then, and then, if they're good enough at that, they try to push Takayasu, <laughs> which, which most bold. of the time doesn't work. 
<laughs> no, he he loves it. He, yeah, right. Like like I've said before, the guy the guy takes his rest attacking a tepo pole. He's basically what you know. He's 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 kind of an, an optimum in terms of size, weight, and power in many cases. So yes, never try to push Takayasu because it may not actually work. But um, <clears throat> in general, um, Rikishi will have their preferences on where they target their Oshi, their Tsuki Oshi, Tsuki being hitting and Oshi being pushing, right? Um, I always notice that when you can attack center mass, you're usually going to move your opponent back more. But some people want to go for disrupting, which is usually attacking the head, the neck, or the shoulders. Um, and sometimes that works, right? It's not a, a rule of thumb that it's like if you attack somebody's head, it's not going to work for you because frequently it does. But if you can attack center mass, it is always going to work for you. The difficulty, of course, is that almost all Rikishi who has to face anyone who's an Oshi Zumo practitioner, and that's all of them, um, knows to defend their chest, right? So I talk about Rikishi gaining the inside lane, which is move your opponent's hands out of the way so that you can then apply pressure to their chest, to their neck, and areas like that. Because most Rikishi know that from the moment they take that first step forward at the Tachiyai, if they're up against somebody um, who's any good, they are going to want to try and get their hands inside of their hands. Right. And the last time we talked, I came to you with a question of like, what is the difference between a push and like um, a hit? Yes. Right. And and I remember you saying it had a lot to do with the speed. Right. And it has, uh, it has a lot to do with how. Yeah, right. And it's another one of these subjective things where it's just like, yeah, whatever. It's a Oshita Oshi. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But if it's a Taoshi, we know that the other person falls. Right. Yes. Right. We yes. do know that, as a matter of fact. Yes. And if it's that. a Dashi, then it's a, then it's someone going out of the ring. Yes. Right? So yes. Oshidashi is you push somebody out of the ring. Oshitaoshi is that you push them down and fell on them usually. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's a little bit about pushes. We've got the battle hug. So let's talk a little bit about like either throws or leg sweeps. Uh, well, you see, I didn't really, I didn't really <laughs> prep anything on leg sweeps, but um, we will talk about nage. All right. So when you hear someone talk about nage, it's a throw, right? Um, a nage and is a throw. Nage is a throw. I always thought that was noggin. <laughs> well, it could be, right? It depends on how hard they throw you and where you land. Okay. Um, so you'll also hear a couple other words in conjunction with that. One is uwate, uwate nage. Uwate is an overarm grip, right? So you're grabbing over the your opponent's arm. And shitate is under the arm, okay? So mm -hmm. under the arm here or over the arm. Right. We learned we learned those words in our Pimsleur Japanese uh, lessons. Uwate, I believe, over right? Oh, yeah. Didn't we? I didn't. Oh, maybe. Well, you we did. did the same ones. Well, anyway, maybe somebody was... didn't do their homework. <laughs> I learned uwate from sumo, not from Pimsleur. As you should. <laughs> yes, right. the best place to learn one's Japanese. <laughs> I tell you, if you drink enough beer in the Kokugi Con, all the announcements start to make sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nage. Just give me, bring me a nage. Right. <laughs> Anyhow, so um, there are variations on throw techniques, and again, I think that maybe there's not necessarily enough uh, kamarate to document all the ways that that people set up throws. So you know, some of the best throws in sumo right now 
um, are are coming from Hoshoryu or Kiribayama, right? They've they've got excellent technique. They've got very fluid style where they they transition from from the hold into the throw, uh, and it's markedly different than watching someone like um, Midori Fuji throw, who you know sadly he's been he's been pretty hurt and he hasn't been quite as effective uh, as he has before. But the the mechanics are similar, but not the same, right? As far as where the grip is and how the rotation kicks in. So again, I think you know, there's probably it. I know people would get confused and pissed off that uh, it's like Bruce, why are you advocating for more Camarote? But seriously, there's differentiation in how they do it, right? So your your average Uwatenage is not all the same. If you compare Hoshoryu, if you compare Kiribayama, if you compare Hakaho or Harmafuji, they're all doing it slightly different. Mm. that that makes sense because i hear them say oh that was that type of throw and i'm like but it doesn't look like the slowdown the slow-mo from before the right. other one that i saw so, before so it's just a rough thing of like where was their hand right there's because mm-hmm. there's two hands involved there's usually one that's holding the body or holding the belt that's driving the pivot where the hips are set which is the point of the pivot and where the other hand is when the throw takes place Right. So if if you've got an overarm grip, right, then you're you're going to have an Uwatenage, right? So unless you turn away from each other and then sometimes oh. it could be something else altogether. Oh yes. Well there's uh there's all kinds of and there are some fun variations. All right. I I, I will uh okay, I, I will talk about some obscure sumo now because okay, you, good. you brought it up. So um there was this weird, well, there's a, there's a Kimarate called Kimi Taoshi, right? Mm-hmm. So Kimi Taoshi was not really used at all between 2015 and 2020, right? You didn't see it in the top division at all. And then suddenly, in the last three years, it's been used four times. Now, it's an unusual Kimarate, but three of those four have been Fuji winning a match. Yeah. Right? And what it is, is it's it's an arm bar that you then shove somebody down with. It's yeah. a it's a completely huge, brutal takedown, which is, you know, fitting for our friend, the Kaiju. Uh, Turn of Fuji. Yes. Yes. Right. So it's literally an arm. Kimi, Kimi is an arm bar. Arm bar. Right? Yeah. And Taoshi is a force down. So it's an arm barred force down. Right. And I'm hoping that, you know, we haven't seen any of them since Turn of Fuji went to go get himself rebuilt. I'm hoping that if he comes back, we're going to see more Kimi Taoshi, at least one per Basho from here on out, please. Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yes, because it's nothing quite like having Godzilla fall on somebody and then seeing them actually still get up and and survive. (laughs) It seems like you've got to be a big, tall guy to do that. So maybe Hokuseiho will learn. Did did Akebono do anything quite like that? Yeah, so... and, And you bring up a very good point, is that there are... There are techniques that are, there are Kimarte that are clearly technical, right? Meaning you have to sort of do it this way, then that way, then that way. Um, And a lot of those evolve from judo throws. And then there are ones that got names and most of the time they're clearly improvised. It's just, I just did something and then that happened, right? (laughs) Yeah. I put most of what Ura does into that bucket because it's just, he does things and then people (laughs) hit the floor or go sailing into the stands. Yeah. Um, And, um, yeah, so there's a whole bunch of improvised ones. At least I think they're usually improvised. It's not something that they necessarily train um, during practice days at the Heia. It's just like, 
yeah, you know, if you're over here, you've got this option or that option to sort of move them away or put them down. And sometimes that muscle memory kicks in. Um, but most of the time, it's just I was trying anything to get the heck out of that guy's hold and he hit the clay. So jolly good. Um, I want to talk about one of the crowd pleasers. Okay. Oh, is it the Uchari? No, it's a, it's a, it's a Kata Tsukashi. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. It's one that, uh, that people love to see, whether it's on television or, or in person. And it's a, it's a Kata Tsukashi. Um, and, um, everyone pretty much you say Kata Tsukashi and they go, okay, that's, uh, that's Midori Fuji's trademark move. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what it is, is, um, Midori Fuji being a smaller guy will usually tuck himself underneath his opponent with a grip on a belt or a grip on a body, a grip on an arm. And what it is, is the attacker pulls down on the arm and swings the opponent to the clay, right? So it's a downward move like that. It's literally a tug and dump onto the clay and it is brilliant and spectacular. It's one of the great ways that smaller rikishi can, uh, can take it to a larger one. And so everyone, like I said, they think it's that's Midori Fuji's trademark move. And in 2022, he used it eight times, right? Mm -hmm. So you could see it at least once per tournament. In a couple tournaments, you saw it a couple of times. But I was I was really interested to find out the, the lexicon of people who had thrown this thing down. Um, so a number of weeks, she used it at least three times. So every other tournament, including Kirabayama, Miyogiru, really? Michikigi, right? Right, Mr. Mr. Thunderpants. Right. Really? So much weight on the bond. No, he threw a Katatsukashi in there too. <laughs> Oho, right? Mr. You know, sort of the, the sumo equivalent of a bison, right? Just sort of plodding. He he is, yes. No, he threw a Katatsukashi in there too. Right? Yeah. I, I, I can some... see him doing that. He's pretty nimble. Teratsuyoshi, of course, another Okay. Another smaller guy from Isigahama. I'm sure they, you know, he and Midori Fuji throw that move at each other in practice. But, yep. and no surprise for the last guy to get to use three of them last year was Ura, right? Because he's frequently submarine. He's frequently bent over and he, and he throws that one in. Yeah, right. yeah, that makes sense. But you usually don't see somebody like Terana Fuji doing it. No, because he's usually not in position to pull down. Right. 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 I did see, I think I saw Shodai pull that one on someone in the last turn. You did. You did. As yeah. a fact. Yeah. Shodai is always so full of surprises. That's um, in the blog. I saw, sometimes refer to what he does as cartoon sumo because he is the master of, I, I don't know. I just, I did things <laughs> and someone fell down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's so good at that. Right. So the last piece I wanted to talk about, I wanted to go through um, some sort of some, some stats, right? Because Sumo is great about statistics on, on some brand names, right? And these are all from the sort of 2022 era, right? So let's see if you can guess. Takakesho, what is his number one Kamarate? Oh, Oshidashi. That's right, Oshidashi, but at 193 for 2022, but he also had 65 Hitaki Komis. Okay, makes sense. Slap right? downs. Yep. 60, 60 Tsukiyotoshis, right? Where he shove somebody out right yeah okay right and 31 yori kiris right so everyone says that mr no arms can't really yatsu and maybe you know like i said you don't have to have a grip on somebody's belt you can just belly shove them out and he's got plenty of belly <laughs> and those little bitty arms must just be reaching under someone's <laughs> armpits and he's like okay I, I tickle you now yeah okay. <laughs> gotcha <laughs> 
Yes, a little little Hazuoshi action there. Hazuoshi, that's a that's a underarm, that's an armpit grip. Oh, okay. And that's not a kimarate, that's just a move. Yeah, All it's right, a, so it's a double under the armpit deal. Right? Uh, any any hand any, under either any arm hand. or both or any mm-hmm. rest. Hazuoshi. Okay. Right? Hazu armpit oshi strike. Um Terunofuji, what do you think his I could say one? right now that my hazus stink. That's nice to know. Well, you know, there is no, I'm just no scent in video. And so perhaps we should all. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Okay. Terrafuji's no number one. What do you think it's going to be? Yorikiri. He is Mr. Yorikiri. Is he? I, okay. I would have thought that's pretty close to Oshi because he uses them both. Uh, but 235 Yorikiris across all of 2022. The next one is Oshidashi at 65. So oh, almost way out numbers. Almost four times as many Yorikiris as Oshidashi. Okay, well that makes sense. He can battle hug me anytime. Yeah, he's yeah. good at getting the belt so fast. But he just hugs and walks forward, and he's yeah. just so large. I mean, they can't do anything. All right. So what do you think, Asanoyama? Oh, Ooh. I haven't been watching him down a jury, so I, I have would, no idea. I would bet Yori Yorikiri, maybe. Yep, he's mostly Yorikiri, but yeah. he has a very strong uh, Oshidashi as well as Uwatanage. Right? Oh, so, Uwatanage, yeah, of course. Right, so a lot of, or, you know, because you, you know he's big enough that he's going to reach around with his outside hand and he's going to go over the arm and he's going to throw with it. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. Of so course. Uwatanage. Yeah, right. he's got. Not, you got to be able to spin really fast to do that too. You got to be able to like. Well, you got to at least be able to pivot. Your knees have to work. Yeah. And thankfully yeah. for him, his knees still work. All yes. right. Let's go on into the weirder portion of things. Shodai. What do you think, Shodai? Oh, God. Um, uh, oh, goodness. Let's uh, go for a... Hitaki, Hitaki Komi. Well, not really. It's Yorikiri again, right? Most of these really? guys are Yorikiri, but what's interesting is the ratio to that, right? So Yorikiri, he's got 202 across all of 2022, but his Oshidashi is 167, almost the same, right? Mm. So yeah. he's just as liable to shove your ass out as he is to battle hug you and and, and take you down or take interesting. you out. Interesting, interesting. Um. So let's uh let's set the wayback machine to some classic people. How about Hakaho, right? Oh. What kind of things do you think Hakaho would do? Oh, right? Yori Kiri is what I would think. Right. He's so Yori Kiri, right? But what do you think his number two would be? I would think throws some sort of throw. You are a sharp lady. It is Uwatanage. Yeah. Right. Nice. But what's yeah. interesting is that his numbers for Uwatanage, Oshidashi, and Hitaki Komi were almost all the same. Right, he was that, just no, as likely sense. as to slap you down, shove you out, or throw your ass. No, that makes sense because people never know what to expect from him. He was unpredictable in that way. Very well rounded. Not as rounded as Kissin Asato. What do you think Kissin Asato's number I, one is? I would have said Oshi. Oshi no, Oshi. it's Yori Kiri, right? He Wait, was what? famous for his battle hug. Right. So there is a there is a move called Otsuke, which is where you clamp your elbow to your body in order to close access. To the side of your body and his his otsuke was legendary it was impenetrable and not only could he defensively lock his elbow in but he could then use his left hand to also attack nobody is going to be touching his hazes that's right his that's, hazes, that's armpits again well was he good on both sides because once he had no, he, was left, he was left he was left-handed right and okay. so when he lost his left shoulder his career was basically done at yeah. that yeah 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 Right. So yeah, he was he was also a Yorikiri specialist. 
Okay. But um, he's he was always willing to do uh, some nice um, uh, oshidashi as well. So if he couldn't grab you, he'd he'd push you out. Okay. One more. Let's talk about Kakaryu, right? So again, his number one is going to be Yorikiri, and yep. probably his number two is going to be Oshidashi. But what do you think his go-to was if he couldn't hold you and he couldn't push you? I'm willing to bet it's also another throw. Those Mongolians are great at leg trips and throws. So, but, but what was really interesting about Kakaryu is that Hitaki Komi is his number three. Really? Right? right. So I always referred to him as having what I called reactive sumo, meaning if you started changing up your sumo or you came at him in a way that wasn't working for his offense, he would respond to your offense and entrap you. He would keep the match going just long enough for you to make a mistake. And then usually his response was to was Hitaki Komi to slap you down. Well, that's what people will often say about Shodai as well. <laughs> that's true. And I think that's probably me out of time. But um, thank you so much for having me on to talk about crazy, stupid sumo facts. No, I'm just honored to have you here. <clears throat> thank you so much for giving us some of your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Bruce. That was awesome. That well, was definitely you. informative. I learned some things and surprising things. That's crazy. Well, thank you so much. Thank you all. And uh, thanks, fans, for listening this long. <laughs> Take care and uh, feel free to drop by the blog in the next tournament and talk to you folks later thank you again yeah tachii.com tachii.org dot org that's right tachii spell that for us t-a-c-h-i-a-i tachii.org thank right. you thank you thanks so much for listening again y'all we'll see you next week with more sumo related content i know i enjoyed that interview with bruce that was really really informational and i think uh, always informative always informative always informative bruce is a great interview and i know we're gonna have him back in the future because the guy is like a sponge i know and he'll actually be at the tournament this weekend at yep. the roller town turn tournament on the live stream doing the uh, sumo commentary so you'll want to catch him this weekend as well yeah it'll be bruce and a couple of local radio personalities that i always want to call ren and stempy but that is not their names <laughs> it is like ren and skin or something like I that don't i don't know they're big sports people <laughs> if i was more of a sports person i would know them but it's new to me the important thing is bruce will be there with him that's right so tune in y'all until next week i'm leslie i'm Laurie. see y'all later bye, bye.